on this episode of Why Watch That. I'm not the biggest Baz Luhrmann fan, so keep that in mind as well. I like Romeo and Juliet from him, and then I would go to this. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Thank La Rouge, no. No? Not your cup of tea? I, like, if I want to be dizzy, I'll go to an amusement park. Hmm. <laughs> Remember that Amazon reportedly has allocated a billion dollars for this entire series, not for the season, for the entire five season commitment, a billion. So guess what? This is a good show, whether you like it or not. <laughs> okay. If Amazon puts a billion dollars in it, it's good. Yeah. yeah. I don't care what they look like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you could have a blue man with pink shoes. <laughs> I just want it to be good. Okay, you could put the Keebler elf in for these elves. Just make it good. <laughs> My goodness. How about that for diversity? Finally, in episode two, producer, they finally get some tension. The hand of the king comes because he's stolen this dragon's egg. Give it back. There's a confrontation on the bridge. And who flies in? How I've made everyone hate me. No, they in one episode. Your candor. No, no, no. See, <laughs> the people who are with me for Briggs of Power aren't with me with House of Dragon and vice versa. <laughs> Welcome to Why Watch That, your guide to the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. We're on a quest to go from channel to channel, platform to platform and festival to festival to help you figure out what you want to watch. We do all the work so you don't have to. So get ready for some unexpectedly candid and entertaining reviews that will help you answer the ultimate question, why watch that? of why watch that i am brandy the producer joined by chauncey the critic yes 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 and guys if you are listening to us i want you to know one thing you can actually see us because we are on video where are we on video we're on video at youtube and as chauncey always reminds me also at whywatchthat.com so if you're tired of just listening to the episode maybe you can take a little turn or pivot and take a watch so, yeah, I would I would do that because then you could see my inaudible reactions. <laughs> yeah, those are- I already had a reaction to what's coming up today. <laughs> but you know what, producer? I I just I really hope that I could talk about things I like. I just I really would prefer that. I mean, <laughs> like when when it comes to some of this stuff, everybody, when when I start having a rant. Hmm. It, some of it is out of annoyance. It really is. I would just please make something good. I will get down on my knees and beg. But that's it. Just begging. I mean, please. Now, another thing, everybody. Know that we do release new episodes weekly on Thursdays. I do want to say that, producer. Mm-hmm. So new episodes will release every Thursday. We will have other things throughout the week, though, that pop up. The new episodes, the full episodes every 
Thursday, which is why certain things we may not talk about, but it's come out. We'll get to it if we want. Yeah. And if you don't want to remember, something as simple as hitting that little subscribe bell um, on this is going to help you to not even have to try to keep that in your head because YouTube will let you know whenever we drop something new and you'll be showing your support for the effort that we put in at Why Watch That. That's right. So anybody you like, subscribe to them, not just us, like the video, not just us. It does help. It really does. Yeah. Um, okay, let's stop with the infomercial. Yeah, you know, guys, you know, we got to get business out of the way. And now <laughs> the critic can get to his business of telling us about this movie's first look brought to us by um, HBO Max about the king, but not the king of pop, the king of rock and roll by the name of Elvis. Wow. Yeah, so this was in theaters. Um, now, like you're saying, it is available to stream via HBO Max. They showed it on HBO. I'm not going to theater, so I was like, I'll just wait for it. To, <laughs> to... <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> okay, now. So, well, I mean, we know what this is about. However, they do a little switch here. Before I get to that, this comes to us from Baz Lerman himself. So, if you're thinking Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge, and so on and so forth. Crazy Baz is telling Elvis's story. And Baz co-wrote the screenplay with Sam uh, Bromel, Craig Pierce, and Jeremy Donner. Story is by Baz and Jeremy. It stars Austin Butler, Tom Hanks, Olivia DeYoung, Helen Thompson, and Richard Roxburgh. So the twist that Baz presents to us is, instead of it being, okay, this is from Elvis's perspective, it's from a certain man named Colonel Tom Parker, his perspective. He was Elvis's longtime manager. He says, I made Elvis Elvis. Mm. Others say, no, you didn't. You caused the ruin of Elvis. So he wants to set the record straight. And the Colonel is played by Tom Hanks in a fat suit with a strange dialect. Okay. Interesting. So he tells Elvis's story all the way back to when Elvis was a kid and found the black church in the South. So this is like a revival church. Mm -hmm. And ain't we sit in the pews and, you know, are nice and polite. No, it's up country preaching, you know, in a tent, mm -hmm. catching the spirit and the Holy mm -hmm. Ghost. The good old church. So little white Elvis is in there with all these black people <laughs> catching the spirit. That had a big influence on him. Mm -hmm. And then we see how he was already assigned to a record label. You know, he had a certain career and he brought black music into his music, as we all know. Now, to Elvis's credit, he doesn't deny that. Like he said it in interviews and so on and so forth, how R&B and gospel influenced rock and roll his music that he created from rock and roll now what would little richard say well you can look that <laughs> and little richard does pop up in this movie i won't tell you how so there we go so it even goes into elvis's look and his dancing all of that so he was a sensation as we know um they say in the end of the movie he's still the best-selling solo artists uh artist in history why 
well, we see the moment when he starts shaking those hips and, you know, what happens to, you know, all the young girls in attendance. And, you know, there's this whole scene and the colonel sees this and like, I got to manage this man. Okay, I can make money off of him. That's the point. Mm -hmm. Why does the colonel need that money, though? Is it just, you know, you want to make money or is there something else happening there? So we see how the colonel essentially takes over Elvis's career, gets him out of the record deal he was in, takes him to RCA, a big label, and, you know, turns him into, according to him, what we know, now know as Elvis. Now, Elvis also was friends with B.B. King. So we see what that relationship looked like there. And, you know, Calvin Harrison Jr. plays B.B. in this movie, and the thing is, Elvis is hearing from Black artists, be yourself, do your thing, and so on. B.B. tells him that. He talks to Mahalia Jackson. Okay, so we understand that kind of influence. But can he be who he is? We also see his family life. He loves his mama and his father's there as well. Now, what happens is... The Colonel insinuates himself not only in Elvis's life, but also in Elvis's family's life. How does he do this? He's manipulating them. He wants to manipulate the public response to create this star. The question is, though, is the Colonel always in control? Is someone controlling him as well? And where does he come from exactly? So we have different iterations of Elvis. We have Elvis the Rebel, even rebelling against the Colonel. That has consequences because he is bringing black art to the white mainstream. Remember, I mean, we're starting here in the 50s and moving forward. So we got to keep that in mind. And he, because he was white, he was able to bring it to the mainstream. But what did some of the state actors think about that? And how could they combat that? So his rebellious phase has unintended consequences for his family and it devastates him understandably when you see it so he goes from that stage rebelling to becoming a movie star he was a huge movie star but he wanted to do serious films he wanted to be like a james dean what they allow him to be nobody would come to see him unless he was singing then he turns into elvis the salesman don't say that to him though it was somebody brought that up and he was like look I got to support all of you. <laughs> and then even the Colonel says, Hey, why don't you become a family man entertainer? What happens when that's proposed? Because in the end, it comes back to Elvis going back to his roots to find who he really is, who inspires him to do so. Right. I've been so lonely, baby. I've been so lonely. That whole thing. I've been so lonely. I could die. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, you might be thinking, okay, where's Priscilla and Lisa Marie? They're in there. Not a lot. Like, there is a scene with Priscilla that's necessary, but you don't really explore them because this is from Baz Lerman. Okay? <laughs> so, you have a whole lot of a whole lot. That's what Baz does over the course of about two and a half hours. I mean, it's a lot of a whole lot for that long. The camera work is a lot, including stock footage and animation even at one point. The pace, the, the overall storytelling. But the question is, is that a good fit for a musical biopic? I would say, yeah. I mean, why not? You know, if Baz is going to do anything, this would be his genre. 
you know, even Elvis said, a little less conversation, a little more action, please, right? <laughs> now, one thing I did want to talk about when it came to the music was, at times they would make it contemporary. I don't know about that choice, because it snapped me out of it. Like, I think that the music as is was enough. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing. Otherwise, though, I think the music was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it did work. You do, of course, not just hear from Elvis's music. You hear other music mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. But I was just questioning that. That was one question I did have for them. When it comes to the performances, uh, Austin as Elvis was the most settled performer here. Really, he anchored Baz's craziness. Mm-hmm. When the camera was on him, there was something, he just wasn't, he wasn't swept away by Baz's presentation. I thought that was commendable, actually, as an actor. He was clear on who Elvis was, how he wanted to do Elvis. There was a groundedness, as much as you can have in a Baz Luhrmann a crazy film from him. So I applaud his whole performance. I think no one else could have done better. Especially given the presentation. <laughs> now, interestingly enough, for Tom Hanks as the Colonel, I didn't buy it. Mm. I wouldn't call it bad because it's Tom Hanks. I mean, Tom Hanks is one of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. I rarely don't like one of his performances. This one, I didn't think it clicked. I saw Tom Hanks in a fat suit doing a, an accent. Mm-hmm. That's really what I saw. Now, is that appropriate or not? You can watch the movie and figure that out for yourself. I just don't think. Compared to Austin, it just didn't land to me. I think everyone else was fine. Even Tom was fine. It's just that in that role, you got to be a bit better. And he's done a lot better than that. Um, Now, overall, this is not about depth. It's about speed and flash. Does that work for the most part? Yes. But it's surfacey. Like, to me, there's some stuff that really happens. And they milk it, but it didn't. It just floated away to me. Um, And I was going, do I really need to be here for two and a half hours for all of this? Some of it was just like, okay, I got it. Like, we can move forward. It didn't stick with me. I doubt it'll stick with most people. You'll remember Austin, but will you remember the movie? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not quite walk the line. It's not quite there. I would say it's probably a bit better than Rocket Man and certainly better than bohemian rhapsody if you like that okay i applaud you for liking it it was a mess outside of rami's performance so i would put it above uh that definitely rocket man probably and uh walk the line no doesn't reach that level to me uh what i would say though is watch it be entertained and move on with life you know it's good it's good enough Mm. i would say okay cool i'm not the biggest baz lerman fan so keep that in mind as well i like romeo and juliet from him and then I would go to this. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Lam Rouge, no. No? Not your cup of tea? I, like, if I want to be dizzy, I'll go to an amusement park. Hmm. <laughs> Got it. So we're going to move on to a TV series. You just do this to make me say something. I'm not planning to say these things. <laughs> <laughs> TV series premiere of... um. The Lord of the Rings, the 
Rings of Power, brought to us by Prime Video. Um, and if you haven't heard, these guys uh, have a five-season commitment already, and season two has already been renewed. So, critic, tell us who's in it, who should be watching it. Is it worth all the hype? What hype? I mean, this has been crazy. <laughs> And again, I've, this is a consistent theme so far in Why Watch over these past few weeks about online is not the real world, mm. but Hollywood uses it for its own devices. And I find that insidious. Mm. I do. So we'll get into that. Um, before we do, though, uh, this is coming to us or developed by J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, of course, based off of Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings and its appendices but they don't have rights to the literal Lord of the Rings for this show. So this is why they're cobbling together stuff to create a show out of what they have the rights to keep that in mind. Okay. So they can't really go into what you saw in Peter Jackson's masterpiece. Uh, now with that said, it's starring a whole bunch of people, uh, Morphid Clark, uh, Will Fletcher, Fabian McCallum, Kip Chapman, Lenny Henry, Sarah uh, Zwangobani, just a whole bunch of people. I'm not reading all of these names. <laughs> and I'm leaving a lot of people out. Just You can check that out yourself. I ain't got time for that. Now, this is set before Sauron was Sauron. He was becoming that. So his lord, Morgoth, is where we start. He mm -hmm. was Morgoth's lead lieutenant. So we have Galadriel as our central character to start. And Galadriel's a little girl, you know, and she does this little paper boat she puts in the water, but she's bullied. Why are we shown that? I don't really know. Because immediately after that, her older brother comes in and takes her away. And it's like, okay, who cares about the bully? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, and he has wisdom to share with her. He whispers something in her ear we don't hear. Of course, they come back to it later. And it's supposed to be this profound moment. But her brother loves her, and her brother's older, as I said. So he has to go to Middle-earth from Valinor, the land of the elves. Remember, Galadriel is an elf. To Middle-earth to fight Morgoth and Sauron. Now, up to that point, Galadriel didn't even know what death meant. Okay, these are elves, remember, whatever. You know all of that stuff. So he goes to fight, he doesn't come back. He was on a mission, though, to seek Sauron out, out and stop him. But Sauron found him first. So who picks up the mantle of his mission? Galadriel. So we see how she leads a, a troop of elves, essentially, across over 100 years, almost 200 years, I believe, they say in the show, searching for Sauron. He's nowhere to be found. She knows he's out there. Now, this mission has to end, but how? Who ends it? And what does Galadriel think about that? Galadriel is the commander here. So that's Galadriel's mission. And she might be the only one who's going to keep going on that mission. She might be alone. Now, we also have a hobbit clan we are introduced to. Uh, the Harfeet, I would say, if we learned anything from the Lord of the Rings movies. 
It's not proud foots. It's the proud feet. But they call them the Harfoots here, whatever. So we're introduced to them because somebody crash lands right in the middle of their whole thing. Literally from the sky, like an asteroid. And two little hobbits find this person. What have they found? He seems to have magical powers. What's this about? I'm going, he's probably a wizard. Next. So we also have the humans. Remember after this war I talked about with Morgoth and Sauron? What happens after wars typically? You know, you fight in a place and you leave some troops behind. Right? Where you were fighting. So that's what's happened. They've left some elves behind to patrol these humans to keep them safe. Now, how do the humans receive the elves? You can understand how that would go. But of course, there is this budding romance between a particular elf and a particular human woman. Mm -hmm. mm. Oh boy. <laughs> and this human woman has a son who's a bit too curious for my liking. He finds an artifact. Is this gonna cause a problem? Yes, it will. And you see how that really plays out in the second episode because they released the first two episodes uh, to start the premiere. Keep in mind, this will be weekly from now on, one episode per week until all eight of season, season one are available. So that's what's going on there. Now, another thing is, another major elf we know from the movies is here as well, Elrond, a young Elrond. And, you know, Galadriel and Elrond, they're friends and all of that. But Elrond is not the lord of Rivendell yet. So what's happening is he has the ear of the current lord. So he tries to smooth things over with his lord, who's the lord of all elves, and Galadriel, because she doesn't really follow rules. And he's sent on a mission to try to get some help from the dwarves. Now, we know what goes on between elves and dwarves from the movie. So he goes there. He's a friend of the dwarves, but he hasn't been there in a while. Now, keep in mind for elves, 20 years is like one day. So, you know, he hasn't been there for like 20 years. How is he received? He needs their help for a particular reason. We get it. Also, there is a particular elf, the Elven Smith's Lord, who wants to build something in particular. That's how the dwarves are roped in. Is it all going to work? What does he want to build? Where is this leading? So that's really the setup of the Rings of Power before I get into my review, we've got to talk about what's happening culturally. I don't even know why I'm here to do this. I just want to be saved. <laughs> save me. Somebody save me. So what has happened is the normal thing now that we get with fantasy and other things of its ilk. They're fans of uh, the classic texts who don't like when Hollywood comes in and retrofits diversity is what I would call it. Mm -hmm. Now, Hollywood in response says these fans are racists. <sighs> so here's my question. What is racist? I don't like tossing that word around. I find it offensive. What do you mean by racist? You mean they're making racial comments online? Or are they doing really racist stuff? See, I don't like playing around with that word. Mm -hmm. I just don't like it. And I certainly don't like it when it's used to sell. 
because that's really what this is about. This is about Hollywood protecting its investment and they can stop it. Remember that Amazon reportedly has allocated a billion dollars for this entire series, not for the season, for the entire five season commitment, a billion. So guess what? This is a good show, whether you like it or not. <laughs> okay. If Amazon puts a billion dollars in it, it's good. Yeah. yeah. If you don't like it, racist. <sighs> Sexist. Any other ist. Because they put a billion dollars into it. And see, this conversation is so long, it's what I don't want to have. Because all I want to focus on is whether it's good or not, which I haven't said about this show yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we still don't know that. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You know, should we be watching this? So again, let's come back to, is it good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what I did, producer? I went um, back to Peter Jackson's movies. Mm. I watched the first two again. I'll watch the third one again as well. It's been a while. Like at some point I used to know a lot of these lines, like right when it was coming, like that much, like mm-hmm. I've seen it that much. I said, let me remind myself of what's happening. At the very opening of Peter Jackson's The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, he grounds us in the threat, in the obstacle, in why this is urgent, the ring. It's all about the ring. We have Kate Blanchett as Galadriel doing the voiceover, telling us the history of this ring, the fights, the wars, what it means, the danger of that, and Sauron. So from there on, everything, the ring is there, whether they say it or not. Mm-hmm. And even when you immediately go to the Shire with the Hobbits after that opening, you know, we have a lighthearted look at the Hobbits. You know, we have Mr. Proudfeet himself scowling. We have Gandalf coming in. We see Bilbo and Frodo and all of that. It's charming. It's specific as well. Okay, very specific what they show. So you think, okay, we're nice and safe. The ring comes back. See, that's what they do. And we know from what Peter Jackson told us, if it wasn't about the ring, it had to go. Because they understand how to tell stories. So watching that, it's very clear as you move forward what's going on here. It's all about that ring. Even when we deal with all of these different characters and lands and races, it's the ring. Even when it comes to Aragorn and the love of his life, played by Liv Tyler, the ring isn't there. Even when they don't say it, you go, okay, there's an urgency to that. On top of him being human, even though he's a long-lived human. And her being an elf. Is she going to give up her elfhood to be with him? Mm-hmm. But on top of it, this ring is in the way, regardless of what you choose. Mm-hmm. See, so that is one of the most brilliant uh, decisions from Peter Jackson and his writing partners was to make that about the ring. Very clear. You always know what you're seeing. But what about this show? In the opening, I was like, okay. We have Galadriel's brother goes off, doesn't come back from war with Morgoth and Sauron. Sauron might be still out there. She's going to pick up what her brother's mission was. Clear. Then we start losing the thread. Hmm. That was clear. I wasn't clear on, 
okay, these hobbits, this man, you know, comes in on a comet. Why do I care? Like, what is your organizing function here? Is it Galadriel's mission? If so, what's the connection? Now, they would say, we're going to develop it. In the movies, it's developed as well, but we always know. We learn more along the way, but we're clear on how it sticks. I'm watching this like, okay, uh, who is this? Why do I care? Okay, this kid finds this artifact. Why do I care? Why do I care about this elf and this, this woman together? Why am I going into the dwarves? Okay, Elrond's mission. What does that have to... What is your organizing principle? So it's not intimate like the movies. It's not urgent like the movies. And it's not clear outside of that opening. Because when it started, I was like, mm, this is not bad. Okay, we can go somewhere with this. I even started thinking of the 70s animated movies of The Lord of the Rings, which I watched as a kid, even though I wasn't born in the 70s. Like I was looking, I was thinking back to that. I would rather watch that. Okay, with Frodo of the Nine Fingers and the Ring of Doom. Why does he have nine fingers? Where is the Ring of Doom? <clears throat> See, I remember this stuff. I wouldn't remember anything from the Rings of Power so far in the first two episodes. Because the writing isn't special. I didn't find that. I mean, compare how Peter Jackson introduced the Hobbits to how they introduced them here. It's generic. Even later on in The Fellowship of the Ring, when they start talking about their food, which is in the book, of course, you know, and I think it's it's probably Pippin or Mary, one of them, is going, oh, wait a minute. So what about breakfast and second breakfast and eleven seas? <laughs> like going through all, like little things like that. Where is that here? I don't know. Mm. Now, does it look good? Yeah. Does it look any better than the movies from like 20 years ago? No. Mm. Mm -mm. You can go to HBO Max right now, watch the entire trilogy. It's there with the extended versions, which I recommend and compare. But, you know, they put a billion dollars into it or allocated that much. So it looks good. The music is fine. The dialogue. See, that's where the issue comes in. And I don't care how much money you put into it. You got to be able to write. Mm -hmm. It's just not special. And so the question is, then why is it here? Mm. It's not adding anything to the conversation. And see, this is why this whole diversity thing just sticks in my craw. I hate when they use this. Okay, but what you've created is a fine billion dollar commitment. It's fine. You know, even that opening with Galadriel, when you see in the show where her whole expedition ends, mm -hmm. it was like anticlimactic. I was like, that's it? This is the fight we were building up to? Mm. How much money did you put in this again? It's like almost $30 million per episode. Reportedly. Allegedly. Allegedly. So... I just want some wonder and danger here. That's just me. I don't care what they look like. <laughs> okay. You could have a blue man with pink shoes. I just want it to be good. Okay. You could put the Keebler elf in for these elves. Just make it good. <laughs> My goodness. How about that for diversity? Now, why watch this? Well... If you like fantasy, that's fine. And you just want to be able to have it 
week by week. Amazon has you covered. Check out Prime Video. It's just Prime isn't good enough for this to be because then why am I following it? See, it's so much going on. You, we have to have that through line that Peter Jackson gave us. So we always know where we are. And we can follow. Like I'm never losing the story in the movies, even when we're all over the place. Here I'm just like, all right. So there you go. All right, the rings of power. You're fine. Thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Combat the racists. I'm with you. Just beat them down. <laughs> All right. So uh, this seems like a fine time for a coffee break. Now, now you tell me, wait, before we get to this, <laughs> producer Brandy, my friend, mm -hmm. after hearing what I said, what would you do in regard to the Rings of Power? Would you watch it? What's your whole perception of what i've said there i would personally i wouldn't watch it first off i can't binge it so you know for me that's a challenge like i have to wait every week to see to see well you could enough. wait until all episodes I are available wait for them all available right and then i mm -hmm. could binge it um but it sounds like maybe i check out just to see like visually kind of what it what it looks like because i'd like I enjoyed the Ring, the Lord of the Rings movies as well. I don't know if I was in love with them the same way that you are, but I definitely did enjoy them, and I've seen them multiple times as well. And they, the fact that you could watch movies that long multiple times and not really have a problem with it and still enjoy it and appreciate like everything about it, um, like if it's not going to be. I don't know, an elevated version of that experience, I don't think I would be willing to invest my time there. Exactly. And that's my point. You all didn't do your job. Now you can congratulate yourselves and pay people off because it's a billion dollar enterprise. I get it. Like, I don't want to use, lose a billion dollars either. <laughs> but like, let's tell the truth here. Hmm. It's not inspiring. I don't care who's on the screen. And see, and then they throw this, that's what I hate. And then they throw the diversity thing into it. And it's like, yeah, but this is not that good. Is it terrible? No, it's not that good. Stop hiding behind diversity. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Remember that song? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead with the uh, buy me a coffee. Let's see if these people can give yeah, us anything. We might, need to, we might need to buy a critic of Benadryl because we need to get them to calm down just a little bit after this review. But guys, buy me a coffee is is a platform where you can show your support for our show, literally for a commitment of as little as $5. You can, um, you know, contribute to the work that we're doing here. And on Buy Me A Coffee, we also have um, a TV tracker if you actually want to get something tangible for your support. Um, how can you get us? You can find us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that. And again, we will love, we appreciate any support that you provide to the show. So even if that support is a like or subscribe, we're not going to be mad at y'all. Yeah, we diversity. Yes, I was going to say. We <laughs> racists <laughs> and we provide you with diverse ways to support our show all right now back to our regularly scheduled program all right now we got a new fun and exciting um segment 
called Rapid Fire. Now, what is Rapid Fire? Rapid Fire is an opportunity for the critic to update us quickly on where he is on the journey of shows that um, he's been watching. So, you ready, critic? Let's find out. All right. So, where are we with Resident Evil Season 2 brought to us by Sci-Fi? Resident Alien. Be careful. You're right. Those are two different entities. Resident Alien. (laughs) Well, where we are, I don't know. Where I am, I can't watch it anymore. And I said it. I love the first season because it was about Harry the alien trying to destroy humanity, but finding that he likes some things about humanity. In season two, they start dealing with everybody else in this town. I don't care about these people unless they're connected to him. I think that's a fault. Also, the question is, how are you going to keep building this alien character? It's fine, but I'm done with fine. I need it to be good. All right, cool. No more fine for the critic. What are we thinking about The Resort? Season one brought to us by Peacock. With The Resort, there's these two timelines I talked about. The whole timeline with them investigating this potential, I don't know, murder, abduction, wasn't as interesting to me as the timeline of the impending alleged abduction. But even that timeline in the past, they just started stalling to me. Like, I, like, all right, there's some mystery to this. I don't care anymore. So I had to stop watching this as well. It's not bad. It's just, again, why are you wasting our time? It's because they have these episode commitments, producer. They have to do whatever. Oh, we ordered eight episodes. You've got to have a story that fills that up then. What's next? All right. Next one on the list. House of the Dragon season one brought to us by HBO. (laughs) I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the critic's probably not still watching this one, but I'm going to let him confirm that for us. So this is another uh, one where the racists had their say and everything else, and I, I don't care. I, I keep saying that. I, I, I don't care. Um, this show to me is confused. Game of Thrones wasn't confused. It was just a waste of my time for a lot of it. This is confused. I, I, like, okay. So if we go to Patty Considine as the king, like, is he progressive or not? Because, like, he assigns his daughter as the heir apparent, which never has happened, over his brother. Okay. But then he, like, goes on a little walk to see if he's going to get married to this little girl to align his house with uh, the sea snake's house. (laughs) Is this the same person? Like, the same person who says, yes, my daughter, breaking all convention and tradition, will be the heir. But I'm going to go all the way with convention and tradition and, like, play footsie with some little girl who I might marry. I'm just trying to square this because the thing is, while we do need to have reveals and some mystery, there has to be a logical uh, characterization. It makes no sense. Okay, so for the daughter... Is she smart or isn't she? Does she need training or doesn't she? Doesn't she? We never see her train. I don't understand it. Why is she in these meetings with the small council? Pouring them drink. If she's the heir apparent, I don't get it. Was Joffrey in there with the small council before he became king? I don't get it. It's like confused. The whole thing is confused. And then for my favorite character played by Matt Smith, the prince, Prince Damon, the king, king's brother, Like, they finally, in episode two, producers, they finally get some tension. 
The hand of the king comes because he's stolen this dragon's egg. Give it back. There's a confrontation on the bridge. And who flies in? You can guess. And then he just gives up the egg because she flies in. So, no, I can't keep watching this. No, because they don't understand good storytelling. Now, look, you all might like it because a lot of people go, I have to like this and I'm going to make this good myself. Mm. Oh, did you see the look on their face? Oh, something's coming. This is not on the screen or on the page. You, I, I understand it. I've been a fan of things when I was younger. I no longer do this. And you go, no, this is good because look at this, look at that. It's not there. House of the Dragon. I'd rather watch Game of Thrones again. Wow. All right, guys. Well, that is the end of the rapid fire segment. We will bring Now everybody in. hates me. See how <laughs> I've made everyone hate me. No, they want episode. Your candor. No, no, no. See, <laughs> the people who were with me for Rigs of Power aren't with me with House of Dragon and vice versa. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Hey guys, well, there you have it. Another episode of Why Watch That in the Can. Um, as always, we appreciate you spending time with us so that you don't miss anything. Remember, what do we do? We like, we subscribe. We can also go to the website, right? Whywatchthat.com. But all right, until next time. Thanks for joining us. For up-to-date info and to share what's on your watch list, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Why Watch That, and on Twitter at WWT Radio. Also, you can visit us at WhyWatchThat.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to go ahead and rate Why Watch That Radio on iTunes. Let's keep the conversation going. <laughs>